Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome to Stupidity, home of the greatest media mind ever to walk the planet. I tell you what, man, he's a literal titan across the entire media landscape. Okay, so here's the deal. He's a true icon in every sense of the word. He's loved and feared more than any being to grace this planet. There's two guys, a man with a voice that sounds like Barry White and Beyonce had a Jewish baby. God himself would pay $39.99 for a cameo. Fact of the matter is, you are about to embark on a transcendent experience that can only be described as psychological nudity. This is Stu Goss, and this is Stupidity. Here we go, Jim. Tony! Welcome in to another episode of Stupidity, the biggest podcast in the world, thanks to you. Please subscribe, rate and review, unsubscribe, resubscribe, re-rate, re-review. By doing that, you have made us the biggest podcast in the world. We are presented by DraftKings. Mikey A is off today. Billy Gill is sitting in his seat. He'll be joining us uh, with Mike Golick Sr. coming up here in just a minute. Uh, Mike Golick Sr., a good friend. I miss him. I love catching up with him. And we'll talk to him coming up here about a bunch of stuff. What's going on uh, in the NFL? What's happening uh, across the media landscape? Some things that happened at ESPN over the weekend. We'll, uh, we'll get into a bunch of stuff with my, uh, with my good buddy, Mike Golick. Very much looking forward to it. I love the Golicks. I am telling you, I love that family. The entire family. They make me happy. They put a smile on my face. I'm certain that I, uh, that I frustrate them. <laughs> to no end. But anyway, Mike Gold Sr. in a minute. Uh, I am doing this from Lake Tahoe in my hotel room um, by myself. I feel very alone right now, but I won't because soon I'll be headed out to that golf course. I'm going to find Kelsey Mahomes. going to have some fun with them, try to find Barkley, and we'll see, it, uh, see what the show can muster up over the next couple of days here. But um, I, uh, I am taping this the morning after uh, the Phoenix Suns took a one nothing series lead over the Bucks. I still think the Bucks are going to win that series. Uh, good sign that Giannis was out there last night, played pretty well. Drew Holiday needs to be more consistent. I want to just be clear here because everyone is celebrating Chris Paul, and he's played great. There's no question about it, okay? But what are we celebrating exactly as it relates to Chris Paul? The fact that 
He was on teams, the number one guy on teams that were more than capable of winning NBA titles, and he couldn't even get them to the conference finals. Hey, let's celebrate. Let's celebrate a guy who was the number one guy on teams, coached by Doc Rivers with Blake Griffin in his prime, who were more than capable of winning titles, and he couldn't get to a conference final. Hey, celebration. What are we celebrating? That he finally got on the right team with the right coach and might win an NBA championship? Hey, he had plenty of opportunities, and he couldn't get it done. Enough. Uh, enough. Seriously. I'm not joking. Enough. So much so. Let's get to Mike Golick. That's what I got to get. You got these nice headphones. You go, they go right into the computer like an adapter. I guess I better get it up with the time. You should, Mike, probably. Yes, headsets that go into your computer. They're an amazing thing. <laughs> well, I don't think I... I would argue that on the, you're actually going in reverse. The headsets that don't plug in are like the new right. thing. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Well, like the Bluetooth one, the wireless ones, you're saying? Yeah, that's what he was trying to do. You mean the Bluetooth one that I couldn't get work? I can't. You know what, Mike? Let's just stay here because I can't get – I was trying to use them. uh, I'm in Lake Tahoe, by the way. I know Mike is insanely uh, jealous of that. He wants to be here with me. I want Mike to be here with me, to be honest with you. Um, The Cody flight is delayed. I mean, there's no telling when Greg's going to get here. Um, (laughs) But technology, Mike. I tried to use the wireless headsets. Now, my wife claims she has paired them to my phone, and yet when I went to use them yesterday, I had no fucking clue what I was doing. And so I'm with you. I, listen, I'm getting closer to 50, and I have no idea how to use any of this shit. So, sometimes it works perfectly for me. Like, I have a pair of headphones that attach to my iPad when I go on the plane, and they sync up perfectly. In fact, I should probably have tried those on this, but I've always had these earbuds, and sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. My problem is, I don't have the first clue how to fix it. I immediately call Chris or one of the kids to do it. So that way I never learn. Right. So I'm just, I'm just like the old man on the porch. This, this shit's not working. <laughs> Some, somebody come and help me. <laughs> you know, it's working. Billy's shaking his head. <laughs> Billy, Mikey A is out. I don't know where he is. Billy's shaking his head. Why are you shaking your head? Well, no, because I agree. I think there's a certain point where you just need to stop learning, right? Like, there's some information that do you really need, like, moving forward? Like, when are you ever going to need to know, I guess, besides stuff like this, how to connect Bluetooth <laughs> headphones? Whatever knowledge you've accumulated all of, over all these years, I feel like it's enough. Like, I could stop learning at a certain point. So, to that point, the, you know, this, this turns out to be sometimes a younger generation, older generation, and with modern technology. So... Modern technology, when you pay, now you either use a credit card, which is very easy for, for kids to, to do, behind the cash register. Well, I went to, I forgot where I went uh, a couple of weeks ago, and it was a young kid behind the, behind the register, and the register was down. Couldn't take credit cards. All it could do was take cash. And all you could do was open the register. And you know how nowadays, it will if it's $2.27 and you give them $3, it will tell you on the screen what the change is. Well. Everything was down. So that person literally had to figure it out. And I kid you not, guys, I kid you not. You could see the smoke coming out of this probably 24-year-old's ears when I gave them like six bucks for something that was like 528. And they were just trying to do it in their head. And and I knew they were. And I was just watching, just watching them, just watching them. Finally, I was like, 72 cents. I'm like, Come on. I mean, basic math, these, the kids can't do because they're so reliant on the computer or the calculator. I'm glad you uh, I'm glad you said it was 72 cents. <laughs> I, I, listen, 
as I, I've always said for 23 years of doing radio and TV, I am great at simple math. I was the best guy flashcard person at my grade school. And I'd always get paired up against the best girl flashcard person. And she'd always beat me. Debbie Coffin was her name. We actually tried to find her one year to bring her on air and have another contest. But I was always a split second behind her, but I would always beat everybody else. I could multiply, I could add, I could subtract very easily uh, in my head, but I just couldn't beat her. Math is a perfect example of things that you only need to know certain a certain amount, yes. right? Like addition, subtraction, multiplication, <laughs> division. Now, once we start getting to like geometry, long division, trigonometry, that's all stuff I don't need to know. Like if I'm not going to be like an architect or something, just give me simple math and I'm good the rest of my life. Uh, I agree. Listen, I agree with you. I agree with both of you. It's a philosophy I that I have followed my entire life. I mean, less is more. But ah. but Billy, I want to get flashcards because I think I would dust go like. It flashed no, on. <laughs> no chance. No chance. What do you mean? No oh, chance. Come on, this. No chance. No chance. That was my. That was my. That was my jam, man. I. I, I could do it. I was. Wait, phenomenal. Mike. You think you own the domain of basic quick math? Like that's your domain. You own it. No one can beat you. I, Billy's getting flashcards. I know Billy's got flashcards. He's got them somewhere. You know what? I don't have to beat every everybody. You know who I just need to beat? You. It's like if you are in the woods and a bear chases you, I don't need to be faster than the bear. I just need to be faster than you. Okay. Like Bryson DeChambeau out there checking out in the woods looking for a drive yes. where there are bear out there. No, I just have to be better than you, and I think All I right, am. Billy right now with a big smile on his face is putting together some flashcards. I am going to dust you, Golik. I can't wait. By the way, I've, I've never seen this background before that you have going on. Is this a new house? Is this a new? It's very is, nice, by the way. This is all new to me. Since I stopped at ESPN again, January 2nd was my last gig there doing the Fiesta right. Bowl. And so there was no need to have the house in Connecticut. God knows I lived, you know, by Mike all my life. I need to get the hell away from him. Away from <laughs> right. So we had the house here at Notre Dame. And then the house out in Scottsdale. So we sold the house in Connecticut and finally brought a lot of stuff here. This is the first time I've been in this house an extended period of time. There was always a little bit here, a little bit in Scottsdale. Then I had to be in Connecticut, you know, for the radio and TV sure. show and stuff. So, yeah, this is this is the first I'm in an office with actual stuff on the shelf that I didn't put any of it up there. Stu Gouts here for my friends over at Miller Lite. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So, what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Listen, for me, it's simple. When I'm sitting around with friends, with family, we're at concerts, we're watching the Knicks finally win for the first time in 30 years, we're laughing, we're having a great time, we do it with ice cold. Miller Lite. Always have, always will. Miller Lite keeps it simple, undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash stew, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. Oh my gosh, folks. 
Gather around. Everyone gather around. Listen to these words. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers, listen to me. You bet just 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code DAN. That's code DAN for new customers. And you get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. That's insane. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boothill Casino Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Mike, I was, uh, I was, I was listening to an interview you did. I think it was Richard Deitch where... You said at the very end, ESPN um, thought you had no value, which I found astonishing. I'd like you to elaborate on that, if you don't mind. I found that to be astonishing from this standpoint. Mike, you're a fucking Hall of Famer. You're in the Radio Hall of Fame. You hosted one of the biggest shows in the history of sports, maybe the biggest show in the history of sports radio. How does someone deem, after all of that, after all of those accomplishments, and you still wanted to do it, and your son being there, how does someone deem that you no longer have value? That doesn't make sense to me. You know, when, when Richard asked me that question, I said the people to ask would be the two people I deal with the most at ESPN. Ask those guys, right. you know, why all of a sudden there was no value. And my equation has always been, like I do with a lot of things, the sports world, and this was my football world, I was cut twice. Uh, in the NFL in my nine years, I was cut from the Houston Oilers and then I was cut from the Miami Dolphins. And basically when a team cuts you, you know, you correct me if I'm wrong, they don't don't see your worth to the team anymore. You know, right. I mean, it, for Houston and, and Houston never tried to go a lower number. And my number back in 93 with the Miami was 750,000. They could have gone lower, you know, and, and tried, but they didn't. So to them, I had no more value to them, not even to offer me a lower amount. And I disagreed with the both of those, but doesn't matter if I disagree. You know, when you're sure. walking into the GM office and Don Shula's office and they say you're gone, there ain't a whole hell of a lot you can do about right. it. So when they when they told me that at ESPN and there was never a conversation, I knew what I made was, was high. Um, it had come down from Mike and Mike, but I knew if I was going to stay there, I'd probably have to do it again. Everybody was taking pay cuts but they never offered a pay cut. And then when I was just, you know, in the last couple of months, you know, they were one of the people we were talking to for me to do college football. And they basically just said no and never even, never even gave a number, never even said, well, we can only pay you X, you know, and, and let me decide. So to me, that means I stopped having worth to them um, in, in any way, whether on radio, radio and TV or calling college games, and, you know, whether they're in a money crunch or not, you know, they're, they're, they re-sign people and they, they cut people's pay. They're, they're doing it all the time. Mm-hmm. But that was the odd thing to me, Stu, is I'd been there so long and not even to say, hey, we can't pay you what we paid you. Would you do it, you know, for this? And there were some people out there saying, well, maybe ESPN did that because they didn't want to make it look really bad like they were trying to lowball me. And I, and I said, OK, if that's what you, you want to think, you know, that's fine. But to not even have a discussion, to just say – that, that was, that was, and as I said in that interview as well, 
listen, we all have egos and shit. That was that was a blow to the right. ego, you know. You're, but Mike, you're but Mike, you know this business well enough to know that, like Mike yeah. Golick on your network, you could build ten million dollars with your eyes closed. Like you know that, Mike. So you do have value. Yeah, but to them, I didn't. So I mean, I, and and I wish I knew the answer, but that's that's for ESPN to answer. And I think the weirdest thing, is, and I said this to Richard as well, is when I when I literally asked the question, "Why are you?" replacing me on the morning show and the first answer was we don't have to tell you I was like, <laughs> okay i mean you, 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 that's true you don't but i mean how about just an ounce of professionalism you know i guess the ounce of professionalism would have come if they called and let me know what was going on right. but you know that didn't happen so yeah it's kind of been well documented it wasn't the best ending in the world but to finish off where this started that's how I equated it, Stu. You know, when two teams cut me and felt that I didn't have any value, it's the same thing ESPN must have felt. That's the only thing I can assume right. uh, that I didn't have enough value or any value to them to, to come but back. But just to be clear, and, I, and I'll get off of this in a second, uh, and, and it might lead to what's going on currently at ESPN, which is all over the news, uh, you were willing yeah. to take less. You were willing to take – because, yeah. Mike, at this point in your career, you, had, you have made enough money uh, for you, which is yeah. like, hey, I love to do this thing. I want to continue to do it, right? Yes. I mean, my, my agent, uh, Lou Oppenheim, had told me when this was ending, he said, listen, you can walk away and do nothing anymore. You can jump back in a little bit or you can jump back in a lot. You put yourself in a good position here. So, yeah, I knew I would have to take less. It would just be decided if that was still enough for me to want to do it. And the amazing thing was, is July when the radio show ended, I had six more months under contract and they were just going to let me sit there and collect the pay. And I'm like, no, no, no. I Let me go do college football again. I love sure, college football. Right. Let me do that again. So they were like, sure, go ahead. So I thought if nothing else, if they didn't want me back on the radio, maybe they'd keep me around to do college football. And like I said, that that didn't work either. So, uh, you know, I, I you know, but as I said, I, I've talked about it a couple of times, but, you know, I'm certainly not crying about it. It's, as I said, when I want a guy cut from Houston, you move on, you go to Philly. You know, when you start playing, you don't look back. When I got cut from Miami now, that happened to be the end of my career, which, again, for, for people to know, most careers in pro sports, or at least in my sport in the NFL, end the way my ended. So when they say, when did you retire, Mike? My answer is, well, the league retired me in 1993. <laughs> I've never really retired. <laughs> oh, yeah. I wanted to play. <laughs> I wanted to play, but nobody called me to play, so – I was retired much different than guys, you know, who, who you see say, oh, this is my last year. I'm choosing to walk away from the game. I would have loved to have that choice. But the majority of, of careers end like mine ended where it they basically ended for you. You and I were uh, kind of laughing yesterday talking on the phone uh, that more people, pro especially in the younger demographic, more people know you as a radio host than a football player. I think that drives you fucking insane, Mike. <laughs> they, they do. And, and even crazier than that, Stu, is when they say, would you rather be remembered more as a broadcaster or a football player? I'm like, you fucking kidding me? I said, <laughs> and then my equation is, I have never woken up in the middle of the night from a great dream going, Oh my God, what a great segment that was with Stu. You know, <laughs> when I wake up from a great football team, you know, it's I stacked the quarterback, I caused a fumble, I had an interception. That's a great dream. You know, going to break and knowing that I had a great segment, I've never dreamt about. So yeah, it, it's it's kind of a kind of a weird situation. I mean, seriously. You know what? And and while that's so cool that I'm in a couple of different of those Hall of Fames. 
it, it is very cool, and I appreciate it, and it's a great honor. If you ask me, would I rather be in the Pro Football <laughs> Hall of Fame or the Radio <laughs> Hall of Fame? I mean, there, there's there's no comparison. It's like I went into the National Wrestling Hall of Fame, but not as a wrestler. They called me a great American because over the years I wrestled in high school and college and I'm a big proponent of, of wrestling and I talked about it a lot. So they put me in the hall of fame there and I'm doing my acceptance speech while all these like real wrestlers are getting in, put in the hall of fame. I'm like, shit, <laughs> I'd love to be one of those guys. <laughs> Wait, how many uh, halls of fame are you in? <laughs> he's in all the uh, one, Billy, <laughs> the only one he wants to be in, he's not in. <laughs> Exactly right. all the, others. the only one I want to be in, I'd have to pay to get in. So there's, there's, a, there's a couple of, of radio Hall of Fames I'm in, the Wrestling Hall of Fame, and then my high school, if you count that. They're, they're Wait, you're not in the Notre Dame Hall of Fame? You should be. I, I, listen, I was not in the Notre Dame Hall of Fame. No, no, no. I was not that caliber. The best I ever did was honorable mention All-American. I mean, I, from a football standpoint, I do not belong in the Notre Dame. Hall I of Fame. would, uh, I think Billy would disagree. Your family, when I think Notre Dame and I think families, I think of the Golick family. I really do. You- well, I mean, there, there were, for those that don't know, it was a nice legacy. My brother Bob went, went there in 75. Then my brother Greg went there in 80. I was there in 81. And then uh, my son Mike went there. Uh, and Jake went there. Mike graduated in 12, Jake in 13. They both played football. My daughter swam there and graduated in 16. So, yeah, um, we we definitely, definitely have sent a few. And my wife went to St. Mary's. Her sister went to St. Mary's. So, yeah, but but that that doesn't put you in the Hall of Fame because you had a lot of, a lot of people in the family go to the college. They should at least yes. name something after. It's a it's a disgrace. When I think of Notre Dame, I think of the Golics and Regis. You're 100 percent right, Billy. Yes. Let's let's start a campaign now. I tried to I tried to get one off the ground with Baselli into the Hall of Fame. Let's get Golic into the Notre Dame Hall of Fame. It's rightful place. It's rightful. Let, let me tell you what. That would be fun to do because it won't happen, and we can have fun along the way. Tony Baselli not being in the NFL Hall of Fame is ridiculous. That dude needs to be in the Hall of Fame. He was a bad man. We're going to make that happen. Um, Mike, I think we can get you into the Notre Dame Hall of Fame. No, Billy, I'm going to make that happen. Why are you laughing at me? We had Tony Connor in studio. I asked for the Jaguar support, uh, and he gave it to me, yet I still don't have his phone number. Uh, (laughs) They're going to make me sell my house here at Notre Dame once you get involved. Wait, Mike, I'm telling you. Give me, like, who's the person? I'm... I'm certain you have kept inventory. Who's the person, the football player specifically, if you don't mind, who's kind of borderline Notre Dame Hall of Fame, who's in the Hall of Fame, but in your mind, it's kind of borderline, you know? Sue, I'm not going to lie. I don't know. I don't know if Notre Dame has a Hall of Fame. I don't, oh, really? I don't, and okay. if they do, I don't know who's in it. I okay. mean, we have a lot of football players in the college football Hall of Fame, right. but I don't know if Notre Dame has an actual Hall of Fame. And, and if so, I, I don't know who's in it, to be honest with you. I, I don't know. So, Mike, uh, this is this is uh, an amazing development here. Uh, Billy has ten math problems on flashcard that we will do at the end here. So we'll build up to that. Okay. <laughs> Billy always has flashcards available. <laughs> so are these are these just the simple math? Is it plus, minus, times, and division, or? All right, we have two, four. We have six multiple multiplication, two division, one addition, and one subtraction okay. for later on. All right. And I'm looking up to see if Notre Dame has a Hall of Fame because if that damn Rudy right. is in the Hall of Fame, it's just a travesty. <laughs> Wait, Mike, how outraged are you going to be if Rudy Rudiker's in the Hall of Fame? Seriously, <laughs> uh, that would be that would be something. That, that would... <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. All right. <laughs> Mike, let's uh I want to stay with ESPN. Two things. There were two big stories over the weekend. Um one involved your son. Okay, so let's start with the lighter one, okay? Uh put me where you were when Mike Golick Jr. is calling the Nathan's hot dog eating contest and Joey Chestnut is about to break this record and technical dif- uh, difficulties and Michael and Jason Fitz are out there. Mike, that ruined my weekend because Joey Jaws was on this podcast last week. I wanted to see that happen and I felt so bad for Gojo in that moment. One of the staples over the my years at ESPN has been having uh, eaters on, especially around Nathan's. You know, we've had Crazy Legs Conte on. We've had Eater X. We've had Joey Chestnut on more than a few times. Shea Brothers, who are fantastic. Obviously, I'm very involved in the eating. And one of my big regrets from uh, ESPN had the fact that I never got to do the Nathan's. I never got to be in Mike's shoes and call the Nathan's hot dog eating. So I'm happy that Gola got to do it. I, I, I've always wanted to do that. But it, as it turns out, I don't want to get too technical because everybody asks, well, does Mike know and, and and do they know in the booth that that this has happened? And you got to understand in a booth, it depends on the monitors that you have there. This would be like if I'm calling a college game, what monitors do you have? So Mike only had the feed from the truck, I believe, and his view. So he actually had no idea that that happened, which is probably good. Because what happens is they clean it all up at the end. And for the re-air, there was never an interruption because people were saying, why didn't Mike say when they come back, sorry for the technical difficulties? Well, there were there was a decision made because they didn't know because of the, of the type of monitor that was in their booth. The truck, I think rightfully so, the producer did not tell Mike that. So they could get a clean feed for the re-air and just let Mike and Shay keep calling the contest like it was going on. They had no idea that it had gone out, so they were just doing it like it was still going on. But, Stu, I was like you and millions of others. Me and Chris, my wife, were on the couch going, holy shit, no way that just happened. No way. I mean, right in the last three yes. minutes, it goes out three times as he's trying to break the record. It could not have been worse timing. It, I, I felt bad for him, though – as I said, he didn't know, so he just thought he was calling the calling the match. Uh, Billy, if we were doing a, uh, a live show here, I'd ask you to put something on the poll. Should a Golik always be hosting the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest? I mean, always. <laughs> oh, always. <laughs> Somehow, some way, we should be involved in that. Hell, I remember when you challenged me to the to the donut eating contest, the little yes, ones. Yes, yes. I, and I basically destroyed you. Sorry. About yeah, that. you did. You're very good at that. And Stugatz almost died, by yes. the way, from that. Like, it was the. I've never seen him so out of it. I think the sugar rush got him or something, but he looked like he was going to pass wow. out yeah, from eating yeah, donuts. Yeah. But listen, we made up for it when you had uh, your hands on my ass. <laughs> yeah. yeah, hands in the dirt, baby. That's why I had to bring construction gloves. I'm still amazed at that, that I had a bet with Dan. And Dan wasn't involved in the outcome of the. How could you, Mike? Was, how could you possibly be amazed by that after you've known us now for like ten years? <laughs> so I had a bet with Dan. Dan wasn't involved with the bet. I ended up rubbing your yes. ass. I mean, yes. that, that in a nutshell is how it all went. It is why I wore construction gloves. So, you know, I, I, I because if I didn't, I would have had to cut my hands right. off. It after. was the Notre Dame Miami game. Miami blew them out. Uh, we all won there. I mean, I feel like we all won. I got a massage. You had your hands on my butt. Levitar didn't have to do it. How did no I win? No one won. How did I win? I didn't win. <laughs> I'd rather been beaten with a stick than have to do that. Bill, you're saying there were no winners there? 
There were no winners, not even the viewers. No one wanted <laughs> no, to see that. No. I got a nice massage out of it, though. Oh, good. Your beautiful big hands, Mike. <laughs> I thought I massaged well. Listen, if you're going to massage, I might as well massage oh, well. Oh, my God. Is that kind of is that one of the best payoffs you've ever gotten from a, from a bet? Um, it's the only bet I, well, I don't. Technically, did I win the bet? Dan <laughs> won the bet, and you were kind of the in line to take. I guess. I guess well, the advantage of winning. Yeah, the bet. I guess. I guess it is the best payoff I've, I've had from winning outside of winning actual money when I when I make a bet. Um, what do you make of what's uh, or what do you make of what's going on uh, over the weekend, and, and it's continuing into this week here with Maria Taylor and Rachel Nichols, who, who listen, both have been in this podcast. I like both of them. I think they're both very talented, but there's plenty to, to kind of parse through here. So, oh, oh, there is. I mean, you could see, you know, the sides of it where Rachel Nichols felt she was not given a job that she thought she, she should have gotten. Um, there's Maria Taylor who felt, you know, it had nothing to do with, with skin color or minority. I deserve that job. And, and she does, by know, the way. She's immensely talented, so she's right if she I, feels that way. They're both immensely yes. talented. So, so from and and Rachel and from Rachel's side, one of the things I said, we've all about something in our life complained about something, right? And you don't expect it to actually be recorded and then aired. And that was obviously a horrible thing to have happen. But I would imagine in every anybody's life, something happened where they said something, maybe you know, about somebody else in a private moment, imagine that becoming public. So she was mad that happened and gave her reason for why she thought it happened. Maria Taylor said, doesn't believe it was that reason and I deserve that job. So, so here's my problem. And there's been my problem with a lot of things over time, whether it's at ESPN or anywhere else, Stu, it's communication. So communicate more, you know, you let this situation get bad. And I know Rachel at one point said she tried to text Maria and Maria wasn't answering the text. Somebody higher up at ESPN needs to get involved and say, listen, you guys both work for this company. We're all going to get in one room and we're going to talk about this. The lack of face-to-face -face meetings with people to talk about anything, things that need to be talked about, to me is embarrassing. If you can't sit down face-to-face -face and talk about something, and this situation obviously blew up. But it had been, here's, here's where you look at who's running the show. This had been a year old, a year old. Somebody in leadership needs to step in and say, okay, that person's texting and you're not responding to the texts. No, we're all getting in the same room and we're all going to hash this thing out or we're all getting on Zoom if it's during COVID, whatever. We're going to be looking at one another and talk about this, but it doesn't happen. And then shit just festers because that doesn't happen. I have said this from day one, and I and I learned this from my parents, uh, especially my father, face-to-face, -face, man. You deal with people face-to-face, -face, on the phone, whatever, voice-to-voice. -voice. Again, if it's during COVID, you deal with them that way. That's how you have the discussion. So that way you say that thing right to that person. Even if it's the aftermath, aftermath and you're trying to clean everything up, get face to face somehow some way and like i said the the one party wanted to the other didn't and and that's fine if if, if maria didn't want to answer rachel back because she was mad i get it but that's when leadership needs to take take charge and say we can't have you two fighting we don't want that even though you guys disagree on this we need to get together 
and talk about it. And that wasn't done. So now it festers, it festers, it comes out public, and man, is it just blown up in their faces. Mike, I would say leadership on the front end. You know what's going to happen. You know which positions you're giving certain people. Yes. Manage it. Manage the expectations on the front end so something like that Agreed. Uh, doesn't happen. Um, and, and I'll only say this about Rachel. She need, In 2021, with all the electronics and all that, you got to know better. I, you just... You need to know better, and you also need to know Maria Taylor is insanely talented at Without what she question. does. Without She's question. not getting a job because of the color of her skin. She's just not. Um, it, it, I'm not saying it doesn't happen elsewhere. It's never happened there. Right. But that's not the reason Maria Taylor's getting these jobs. They're both good enough to have that job. 100%. Without question. And what you said, I was talking about communication after the fact. You're right. Yes. You're right. Jump in there in the beginning and say, okay, we're going to make this decision it's probably going to ruffle some feathers, so let's get ahead of it. And right. unfortunately, there is no no getting ahead of it, no getting in front of it, then nothing to take care of it after something bad has happened. So, and obviously, it's Rachel and Maria's names who are out there and going to be talked about. But man, leadership has got to do a better job of, to your point, before it all happens, and then certainly after it happens. And it doesn't seem like any of that was done at all. That ain't happening if Don Shula was in charge of your organization, right, Mike? Well, how about that or Bill Belichick? I mean, <laughs> holy smokes. I mean, you talk about stepping into something right away, and they have no problem meeting face-to-face. -face. Don had no problem meeting face-to-face -face and cutting me. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was an easy one for him, Mike. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mike. I'm kidding. I took it too far. <laughs> I did. All right, we'll get to the math problems in just a second. Uh, your thoughts on the name, image, and likeness that the NCAA – I would imagine, I don't know, this would be interesting. I know when I was playing college across, I would have painted myself like a NASCAR. And I know I have every intention of doing that for my daughter. I think this is a great thing. But you're a bit old school, Mike. I'd be interested in your thoughts here. No, I think it's fantastic. And okay. again, the NCAA made a complete mess of it. Because of the NCAA does an incredible job of saying, yeah, we're, we're, we're having meetings about it. We're talking about it. And I'm not just saying, now you name image and likeness. It's all other decision. When they want to make a decision, they can make it quickly. Go back, go way back to, um, what was it, uh, Shabazz Napier from, from UConn, when all of a yep. sudden he said he's going to bed hungry. How quick did the NCAA jump in, and all of a sudden there were all the snacks uh, scholarship athletes wanted, so they weren't going to bed hungry. I mean, that decision was made like that. But, my God, they stretch out everything else. Colleges, NCAA does not want NIL. And what they didn't know, and they don't know, unfortunately, a, a decent amount of things, is at some point, exactly what was going to happen, happened. And that was the states were going to jump in because for politicians, this is a win-win situation. Everybody is going to be for this, or the vast majority was always going to be for it. So they look great in front of their constituents. They certainly look great in front of college athletes. And it was going to pass. And we saw in the Supreme Court, nine zip. When does everybody agree on something like that? Crazy. So right. what is what does the NCAA do? Because it was coming up July 1st when some of the states, they say, okay, NIL is open. I mean, we don't even, we don't, there's some rules, but we don't even know the rules. So I would tell players, ask for forgiveness, not for permission. Go out and find a way, any way you can, until they get some, some better parameters. There are some parameters, but they need more parameters in place. Look at what the guy at the U was doing who started the MMA schools down there, paying every, every scholarship athlete on the football team $500 a month. 
You can find a way now to funnel money to football players, basketball players, hockey players, swimmers, lacrosse players, whatever you want. You know, you can find a way to do it and you might as well find a way to do it until there are more rules because there will be. But this is just another failure of the NCAA when this got thrust upon them and they just basically opened the flood doors and said, okay, NIL, you guys go ahead and do it. And I can't wait. I mean, we're already seeing incredibly creative ways that people are doing stuff and getting money. And that's only going to continue. And I know I'm old school. What I was always against, to was schools paying players. Because when schools paying players, all of a sudden my daughter's a swimmer and the swim program gets thrown out. Your daughter's a lax players. All of a sudden the women's lax team gets, gets disbanded because the school had to pay for it. Because not all schools make money on football and basketball. So all of a sudden, if you the schools had to start paying players, other sports would pay the price. So I was always against that for that reason, for the other sports, the non-revenue sports. But as far as corporations, whoever paying players, and eh, go for it. I have no problem with it at all. I uh, I love it, and you're right. It's a great point about the Supreme Court. They agree on nothing. <laughs> Nine to nothing. Nine to nothing was the vote because they're saying, "Hey, we're tired of you exploiting college kids for your own benefit." Right. It's right. not happening anymore. And then, Mike, because you and I both have daughters, and I'm glad you brought it up, and I was reading this in the New York Times, um, this really benefits women's sports because with Sid, she was a swimmer. With Rachel, she's going to play lacrosse at Northwestern. They're really, that's, that's like making it to the Yankees yeah. for my daughter, yeah. right? Like That's the pinnacle of her sport. And what I was reading about in the Times is women's sports and the, the women athletes they're benefiting from the name, image, and likeness because this is the pinnacle. This is it. There is no next step for them. Right. And so they're benefiting in a way that the guys aren't. And I think that's so awesome. They all deserve it. But I love the fact that women's sports is not being ignored. Here. And the great thing is, and the great timing for your daughter, not so much for Sid, she's out, but your daughter is, it's just starting. So there are more and more companies out there that are getting creative ways to not get the star of the football team and the star of the basketball team. All that stuff's going to take care of itself. It's the other sports, you know, where those players all of a sudden are getting money for things. I love the, the twin basketball guards at Fresno State. They know they're not going to go to the WNBA, but they have millions of TikTok followers and they signed a huge deal with, I think it was with Boost Mobile. They, they, and they said, we're not going any higher than this. Just like you said with your daughter, we're not going to be good enough for the NBA. So this is it for us. And they get the timing out and make their money. Your daughter will as well. And, and I love the fact that other athletes and non-revenue sports are going to be in position. And it may not be as much as the star quarterback. It probably won't be. But so what? Making some money is good. And being able, being able to find a way, a creative way to make some money off your name, image, and likeness, I think is fantastic. I mean, somewhere, I know he just signed a $38 million contract, but somewhere Trevor Lawrence has to be like, come on, man, what the fuck? Think about, <laughs> think about what those guys like that could have gotten. I mean, it really I is amazing. I mean, that's what every former player is doing right now is, oh, man, I'd have made this or I'd have made that, you know? <laughs> I got a great supermarket here, Martin's, that has great cream-filled donuts. I'd have been happy with that kind of deal. You know, give me well, what do you what, what do you imagine if they had this in place when Mike Golick Sr. was playing at Notre Dame? You should be in the Hall of Fame, by the way. But what do you imagine you'd be endorsing? <laughs> I, I, I think that would be it. Listen, me eating donuts, donuts it wasn't just an ESPN thing. That's been an all my life thing. So it would have been it would have been something revolving around food. Absolutely, no doubt about it. 
All right, Mike Golick brought to you by Donuts. And by the way, Stupidity will be uh, sponsoring Rachel Wiener. So everyone get the hell away. There you go. <laughs> Rachel yes. Wiener brought to you by Stupidity. <laughs> All right, we got a math quiz coming up. But before we get to that, uh, what's got you got, Mike? How far are we from trading camp right now? We can't be that far out, right? But we're just a couple of weeks now. The two teams that are in the um, in the camp, in the Hall of Fame game, they'll get to go a week early, so probably like the third week of July they'll start. And then everybody else will start that last week of July or the beginning of August. So this is about that time, Stu, when my wife kind of was ready for me to leave the house because you kind of <laughs> started getting in that mode of and, you know, and, and were, were you about to just, you worked yourself to the peak. I've always did the football as, as a cycle. You peak right the first day of training camp. That's when you're in your best physical condition. And the first day of training camp, it starts to go down. And then it's camp. And then the season you go down, then the season ends, you're at your lowest. And then the offseason, you build back up to the top. But you don't re quite reach that same top. It's a little lower. Year after year, it gets a little lower and a little lower. But you start to get that mental feeling of, I got to go to camp. I got to start hitting. It's the worst part of the year, training camp. I know training camp isn't as tough now as back in the day, but it's still the toughest part of the season, our training camps. Even though they don't do two days uh, or back-to-back -back hitting days, it's still the hardest part. So, yeah, I start to get that mental glaze in my eyes, and my wife is kind of ready for me to go. Um, and, and I went as a 10th rounder, which is basically akin to an undrafted free agent today. So, you know, you have to go in there and make a splash. You know, you have to, my dad raised me, Stu, as I went up the ranks in football and this was his mentality. I don't, I don't, I don't tell other people to do this or say, this is the way to do it. It's probably not the smartest thing in the world to do. Okay. He'd say, find the biggest, best player on the other side of the ball and get in a fight with them. That's what my dad told me to do when I went into high school, when I went into college, and when I went into the pros. That's what he told me to do. He said, find the biggest, the toughest guy who was the best guy, and go hammer him until he wants to fight, and then just fight. And I was like, and I did it. I Okay, I listened to my dad. My dad was my hero growing up, you know, and, and the way football was taught back then was a little different. We're a little smarter about, about teaching football now, but that's what I did. That's, that's exactly what I did. I got in a ton of fights. But, Mike, hold on a second. I, can you give me the high school fight? Like, who'd you pick in high school? <laughs> who'd you pick in college? Who'd you pick when you got to the Eagles? Well, it was, all, it was always somebody older. Uh, right. I, don't, I don't remember the person in high school, but I played a little bit on varsity as, as a freshman and a sophomore. So, at times, I would practice with them. It wasn't when I practiced freshman on freshman. It was when I would practice with somebody on the varsity. And sure. I would just – I would just it would be like probably normally an offensive lineman – but I remember to a team when I went to Philly. When I went to Philadelphia, uh, Buddy Ryan was the coach. And we did, uh, like on Wednesdays, and usually Wednesdays we worked on the running game. So we did, we, that back then we did nine on seven. Full pads, nine on seven, for anybody that doesn't know, is a running drill. Nine offensive players, seven defensive players, and they can only run the ball. And not like wide plays, it's like basically in between the tackles or right off the tackles. It's all running plays. And... This wasn't tackle. This was wrap up and thud. And wrap up and thud was always a pretty, pretty hard thing. You still hit very, very hard. You just didn't take them to the ground. And I remember when I got there, my dad, the first, we did our drills and we went to nine and seven. This was my first time in pads with the Eagles in this drill. And my dad's voice was ringing in my head. So, and I, and I just happened to be in Ron Jaworski's golf tournament 
with my former teammate, Keith Byers. We rode around together, and Keith right. was a running back in this situation. So <laughs> Keith's a running back, and they're not supposed to get brought to the ground or tackled. And I'm, and again, in my head, my dad, do something, do something, get in a fight, do something to get in a fight. So it's a running play, and I was, I was best against the run as, as in, instead of pass rush. And I got two of them on the running play, and Stu, I drilled him. I drilled him, and he didn't expect to get taken to the ground, and I drilled him into the ground. I just and so every offensive lineman came diving on me. I just got up and started swinging, and they were swinging. And obviously, the defense came to my defense because that's what you do. They're swinging. It's a huge fight, and I'll never forget. Somebody said after that moment, he said, "Buddy Ryan loved you because of your toughness." And I'm like, "All right, way to go, Dad." Now, like that. <laughs> fast forward that right to Miami. Okay? okay, so Miami, I hurt my calf before I signed with them. So I was, didn't practice in training camp right away. So about halfway through training camp, I started practicing. Sure enough, one of the first drills, nine on seven. Here it was even looser. It wasn't even full go on the line, and it certainly wasn't full on the back. And what did I do? I did the same thing. I destroyed the back, started a huge fight. The difference is Don Shula almost fined me. <laughs> he, he was not as impressed with the toughness thing. And, you know, right. you look back on it and you think, you know, a lot of the toughness thing needs to be gone from the NFL, things like that. So it worked back then, but but really that that's not the way to go about it. Did you pass that uh, that that glorious life lesson from your dad onto your sons? Yes, <laughs> I did. Jake, you did. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. And Jake, Jake was more Jake was more the guy apt to get in a fight than uh, than than Mike was. Uh, I remember telling Jake it was I think it was a, a high school game, so they were a little older, and there was supposedly a kid on the other team. A coach had said, "There's this kid on the other team. Watch out for him. He kind of cheap shots guys, you know." So I told Jake, I said, listen, Jake, on the first kickoff, just run down the field. Don't worry about the ball carry. Just go drill that kid. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I think back on it, and it was just a horrible thing to do. Horrible thing to, to – so I'm glad I got that out of my system because I coached the boys when they were – I coached their teams growing up, and I, I'm really a fundamentals guy. I said it's going to be fun and fundamental. So, no, what my dad taught me, I did not teach to the team. I did not teach – Two other players, maybe a little bit to my boys, but I wouldn't do that <laughs> to the other kids as well. It was mainly about fundamentals. All right. So before we get to our uh, to our math, uh, yeah. our math off, I guess, uh, what's got you excited about the NFL coming up here, Mike? Like, oh. give me a cut. Is there a team that a lot of people think you know not going to well, be that good? Might be I mean, a lot better I mean, to me, it's the Browns. Are, are the Browns really the second right. or third best team in the AFC? Because Kansas City is still number one. Is Buffalo number two? You know, and then it's Cleveland right there. If it's not Cleveland, who's it going to be? Is it going to be the Chargers with Herbert? And they helped with some weapons for him and how well he played last year kind of took the league by storm a little bit. But I think that's one of the biggest questions to me. I think Aaron Rodgers is playing for the Packers. I know in that match the other day, he didn't really give a, you know, he wasn't going to answer that question uh, when they asked him. I, I think he's going to play uh, for Green Bay. And, I mean, Tampa Bay is the first team ever to win a Super Bowl and have all 22 starters back the next year. It seems too good to be true that they could repeat. You would think an injury or something is, is going to knock that off. It's going to be tough. Um, but to me, it is probably my hometown team of the Cleveland Browns. They've done a great job in the offseason of picking up free agents. They've drafted well the last couple of years. And I think a lot of it's still on Baker Mayfield. Had a great rookie year, a bad second year, a really good finish to his third year. Now let's see what he does 
this year. Can he continue it going? But to me, they could be the story since they've, they've stunk for so long, finally getting to the class last year in decades. So to me, that, I think that's a great story. I'll, uh, I'll be seeing uh, Rogers out here in Tahoe, okay, name dropping. Uh, I will ask him. Now, hopefully he'll be hammered, but I'm going to continue to ask that question until he answers it. I have a feeling, Billy, he might answer it for me, for us. What do you think? No? <laughs> he said on the broadcast he'd answer it for Barkley, so you got to get to him before Barkley gets to him because he said oh, he was wow. for Barkley. Let me ask you a question before we get to the math. I'm going to get Barkley to sit down with us, yeah. and I'll have Barkley ask Rogers that. There that, we go. that would That's be the best. If you – legitimately where do you where would you think you place in this Tahoe event what are so there, eight not, golfers I think there's there's 80 golfers I think the bet uh for Barkley is will he finish in the top 70 right five <laughs> to one yeah right five to one um so I'm not playing the weekend right. because my daughter has a lacrosse tournament right but, I, but I if you were if you were in this legitimately playing the whole time where do you think you would finish I think probably, to be honest with you, probably middle of the pack. I play, so we play from, I believe, the white tees, right, when we play tomorrow. Uh, so we're taping this on Wednesday and we play Thursday. Uh, we play from the white tees. I played nine. I played 11 holes from the blue tees. Nine I played with a complete stranger, and then somehow I met up with Ray Allen and Robbie Gold, of all people. And, ah. I, played two, and I played two holes with that. Like, I'll tell you a funny Gold story in a second. Um, so I shot a 41 on the front nine from the Blues, which is pretty good. Yeah. The whites are closer, so I should theoretically be a little bit better than that. I'm a good golfer. I'm a, I'm a 10 handicap, but I know there's some great golfers out yeah. here. Like Robbie Gold was killing the fucking ball. He's a kicker. I, was, Kick, I know. Kickers and so quarterbacks, my, have, have, they don't have these long-lasting injuries so they can swing a freaking club. No, Robbie Gold's good. Ray Allen is legit oh, good. Yeah. Um, I've golfed with him in, in a couple of tournaments. So, I, listen, I'm conditioned to tell you that I'd finish in the top five because that's just me, delusional confidence. <laughs> but I, 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 think, I think middle of the pack seems, seems about right. Like, I'm a good enough golfer to – and on the right day, I'll fucking compete and win the goddamn thing, Mike. How about that? You and I have never golfed. I'm looking – I'm, I'm taking golf way more seriously. You and I have not golfed yet. So we need Well, we haven't golfed together. We did the Pinehurst event when we were at ESPN, but we have not golfed together. We have right? not yeah. – and I'm – the, I, I finally did this gin app or whatever, and I'm like a 13.4 index, whatever that means. I don't know what it means, but that's where I am right now. That means you're pretty good, Mike. I'm impressed. Yeah, I, I, give me a little time. I'll beat you. <laughs> um, all right, so I'm going uh, to get the answers out of uh, – and the Robbie Gold story real quick was he's yeah. on the tee, Mike. You'll appreciate this. He's on the tee. Now, where, where I play in Parkland, I have my own golf cart. The golf cart doesn't have the brake that you have to push all the way down. When right. you stop, you stop, stop. It's over. Okay? There's no beeping sound. So I'm used to just stopping my cart. So Robbie Gold's on the tee. I'm pulling up in my cart. And I keep forgetting the cart just doesn't stop on its own, right? right. So I don't hit the, uh, the reverse button. And it starts backing up, and it starts beeping in the middle of Robbie's fucking Oh, swings. no. <laughs> and Ray's looking at me, and there's other people looking at me. So I'm like, Robbie, I'm so fucking sorry, man. I'm really sorry. And because I think Robbie – so we're playing for a hole or two, and I'm only talking to Ray. And I think Robbie sensed that I didn't know who Robbie was. And he, if he, if he did sense that, he was right. Oh, <laughs> you getting it first? He was my size. Like, he was my size, Mike. And so – uh, so I go, I go, I, I said to him, Hey, I'm so sorry, man. Because at this point we have not established name. Right. 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 So I'm like, I'm like, Hey, I'm so sorry to do that to you. And he's like, 
hey, man, it's all right. I got 70,000 NFL fans screaming at me when I'm trying to make a kick. And it was a funny story, a funny uh, rebuttal, a funny answer uh, by Robbie. But I also think it was Robbie's way of alerting me that he was Robbie fucking gold. So, so, <laughs> so if he, he didn't say his name and he just said 70,000 and a kicker, did you then know who it was? Um, I mean, no, <laughs> a kicker's a kicker, <laughs> unless it's Janikowski. I would have known him. Right, that's true. That, that's very true. By the way, when, when you, when you were beeping during his backswing, how did his shot go? He fucking flushed it. Oh. <laughs> and do it every time. Who gives a shit? Well, that's what he said. Cause the next day we went to the next tee box and he hit one way off to the right. And he goes, <laughs> now we've established names here. He goes, Stu, I need you to fucking reverse next time. Yep, to you. Back it up. <laughs> He's the best. All right, Billy, do you have uh, do you have math problems here? This is very. By the way, is there a Notre Dame Hall of Fame, Bill? Did you look it up? I didn't find a Notre Dame Hall of Fame. I found a list of like pro football Hall of Famers that went to Notre Dame and college football Hall there's of Famers lot. that went to Notre Dame. Yeah, but, there's, but there, there's there isn't lot. a Notre Dame Hall of Fame, is there? I haven't found it, but maybe we can start one and just call it the Mike Golick Notre Dame Hall of Fame. And then even if you don't get in, we'll just name there it after go. you. Yeah, that'll go, go. that'll go over well with everybody at Notre Dame. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Well, hey, I mean, hey, guys, don't help me. Jesus, don't help me. <laughs> it's what Baselli said after. <laughs> <laughs> it becomes a deterrent more than a help. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Billy. Let's. Uh, Mike, now Mike claims there is no one. This is his domain. There is no one better. At uh, simple basic math, <laughs> Michael Xenier, which I don't know why it makes me laugh. I hope these aren't hard. <laughs> okay, so we have 10 problems here, right? We have six multipli multiplication, two division, one addition, one subtraction. Do you guys want me to give each of you five, or do you want me to just hold it up and then whoever answers it first gets the points? Wow. What do you think, Mike? Oh, I, I, I think it's whoever answers it first because, All right. I, I mean, you'll, you'll hear me first, so... I think, that, right. I think that's the way Billy wanted it done, right? Yeah. All right. Okay. Ready to go? Okay. Here we go. Seven 42. times 42. six. 42. I already said 42. Wow. I mean, not even oh, Jesus yeah. Christ, Mike. Right. I, I am wondering, me. Billy, could you have written the numbers a little smaller? Well, that was the well, problem. Okay, I so, didn't see anymore. <laughs> so here's the thing. By the way, I Billy, look how close Mike is to the camera. <laughs> I, I, and listen, I'm the oldest person here, okay? <laughs> so I did this on post-its and I, at first I, I only have pens so I just wrote once and I'm like no one can read oh. this so then I tried to do it like very thick but it's still really small so I'll just yeah, say yeah, it yeah, also yeah. as yeah. I'm holding it up yeah pull, hold it All up right. close like that ready 107 minus 52 48 no 45 Ooh, no, 55 55 you're up one nothing Mike you're up one nothing I have 48, Stu guys. Oh, that's just... terrible. I was just trying to beat him. <laughs> he's he's in was, my head, Billy. He's that was my bad dome. by me. That was bad by me. <laughs> All right, ready? Yeah. Eight times eight. 64. Wow. Got him. I got him. Oh, I, I don't know. Him. That was. What do you think, Billy? Did you get me or is that a tie? Stu Gatz. Stu Gatz. Okay. Go now. All right. Mike, the shame you're going to feel from both me and my audience if I beat you. <laughs> All right. 77 divided by 11. Seven. Stugatz. Stugatz got no way. I don't know if it's internet speed or what's going on here. I was going to say, is the speed difference? I'm hearing it at the I same don't time. Know. Uh, All right. Mike, I promise you Billy wants me to lose. <laughs> yeah, I want him to lose really badly. Is that why I gave you the answers? 
<laughs> All right. Ready? Well, now I'm wondering if you could see the answers because I wrote the answers on the back to make sure that I got them right. So I I'm mean, wondering if you could see through. Listen, I know it's called stupidity. I know my character. I know I'm not the smartest guy. <laughs> <laughs> the brightest bulb in the chandelier, Billy. But I know 77 divided by 11. I mean, four times 48. 12. 48. Wow. Tied now. Tied, yeah. You're giving that to Golik? Hell yes. Yeah, he got that one. Yeah, he was fast. Oh, the four yeah. and the eight came out at the same time. Oh, no. no See, that's what I no. thought yours did. Obviously, <laughs> we got we to gotta rely on Billy for this. All right, so it's 2-2 two, two now? Five times 45. Oh, 25, 20, 225, no. 225. No. no. Mike, got it. 245. 265. All right, final answers. 45, that's 20. 225. 225. Yeah. Damn it, Mike had it first. Mike had it yeah. first. Mike had it first. I think that's the first thing I said. Uh, yeah, you we... said it, and then you doubted yourself that Stugat just copied what you but said. You could have said anything. He would have said the same thing. I, I would have yeah. wrote Mike, it down he... on a test in really light pencil. Mike, if yeah. you notice my hands under the uh, under the desk I'm sitting at, it's called the uh, the iPhone calculator. Humanity. Uh, <laughs> 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 even think nine times nine. Eighty-one. Eighty-one. Wow. Thank you. That was no, it wasn't. That was no, me. no. Stugat, you're losing. No, Golig's winning. Yes. Four well, two. Now there's yeah. a good, now he's rigging it your way. No. <laughs> bullshit. You should be in the math hall of fame, Mike. Thank you. <laughs> All right, ready? Yeah. You know, there used to be a chess, a world chess hall of fame down here, like in South Florida, right by where I used to live. And then it just closed because I think no one went to it. <laughs> and then they moved it somewhere else. Oh God. And Why now it's like, I think, I believe it's like a construction company building now, but the corner of it still is a giant chess piece because they made the building look like oh, a giant cool. chess piece. Oh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> but All what right, a horrific idea, Billy. Yeah. Who would go to that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. 12 times 11. 121. 122. Mm. 22. Mm -mm. 12 times 11. 124. 10 is 110. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> One, wait a minute. 132. 132. Oh, yes. That's wow. horrible. Wow. You want to know how I got to that? I did 12 times 12, 144. Yeah, I know. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're idiots. We are. All right. We have two left. And right now, Mike, you're leading four to three. So the next one so Mike gets clinches it. Huh? Well, I'll give you a choice then. Since Actually, you'll get the choice yep. since you're down That's and you choice. need to get it right. Do you want addition or division? So wait, it's 4-3. Yeah. But there's two left. Yeah. Bad man. So if he gets it, you lose. Okay. But so do you want mine. addition or division? I want addition. Addition. Well, because both of you got one of them wrong. So okay, we threw it. You want addition? Yes. Okay. Addition. 57 plus 38. 95. 95. Oh, he got it. Damn it. He got it. He is. He is. He's the best of basic man. <laughs> I don't know if that's a, something to pat myself on the back about or not. But. Well, it's bad you beat me. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I don't know if that's something to pat myself on the back about. And you barely beat me. And I know, Billy would yeah, fucking yeah. dust you. Yeah, it wasn't like a whitewash, that's for sure. Wow. All right, the last one was 1,000 divided by 20. Oh, my God. Is 500? Mm -mm. No. 50? 50. Yeah, 50. All right, so that was the, uh, the, <laughs> that was the I'll, bonus I'll one, give that right? one to you, Stugat, to make it more yeah, respectable. It more so respectful. it's just a loss, 5-4, yeah. Okay, no, I thought that was like the last ball in the rack or the three-point shooting it's, contest. It's pretty respectable, though. Soon you did better than I thought, and I'm a little... He's trying to give himself bonus points. He is, the last he is. One. <laughs> hey, that's... <laughs>
that's two guys. Make up rules along the way. I don't blame them. <laughs> um, Golik, this has been thoroughly enjoyable. I've taken up a, a, enough of your time. Billy, thank you for doing this today. Thanks, Billy. Uh, and, and Michael, uh, Michael, I'm calling you Michael. I don't know why I'm calling you Michael. Like I'm your dad or something. Yeah. Uh, Golik's going to be, I find value in Mike Golik Sr. I still see the value in Mike Golik Sr. Unlike other media entities, okay, uh, that we discussed earlier in this podcast. And so Golik, because I see the value and because I love him and because he's a friend, will be on this podcast and around this podcast a lot more moving forward. Mike, thank you so much for doing it. Thanks, Stu. Look forward to it. See you, Billy. Thanks. Stu Gouts here for my friends over at Miller Lite. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So, what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Listen, for me, it's simple. When I'm sitting around with friends, with family, we're at concerts, we're watching the Knicks finally win for the first time in 30 years, we're laughing, we're having a great time, we do it with ice cold Miller Lite. So, we have, always will. Miller Lite keeps it simple, undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com stew, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer.